Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we are concluding this series today. So we're going to go as long as we need to, to finish it. Uh, give me the numbers, but uh, I'll have to finish this, so don't wave them at me. All right, uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, let's begin reading in verse 1. Jesus said, Judge not that you be not judged. The parallel verse in Luke 6.37 says, Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, uh, Leon Morris pointed out, the person who judges others invites the judgment of God upon himself. And remember the Apostle James confirmed this in James 2.13. I'm doing a quick catch-up, okay? Won't do all the scriptures. But in James 2.13, he said, For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, that, you know, again, remember there's nothing wrong with judging and evaluating things uh, in the right way, in the right and a just way. Amen? Uh, remember again, Jesus said in John 7.24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So there is a judgment that is righteous. Hallelujah. Galatians 6, 7. Remember again, as a rule, we should always keep this in mind. That's where the Apostle Paul writes and says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man or woman sows, that he or she will also reap. Amen. So we really need to be careful how we judge people, the way we judge people, what we're judging them for, everything. <laughs> right? uh, William Hendrickson um, puts it so well when he says, to be discriminating and critical is necessary in some instances. However, to be hypercritical is wrong. One should avoid saying what is untrue, unnecessary, and unkind. I think we left off around here last time. And um, therefore, I've said here, even though something may be true, if it falls into the category of unnecessary and unkind, then it's best to keep it to yourself. Amen. In, so, in short, hush. <laughs> right? In John chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, Jesus points out one of the greatest failings people generally exhibit when he says, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one, and he meant according to the flesh. Verse 16, and yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. So again, his judgment came from God. It wasn't his, you know, his own uh, thoughts or feelings about things. It was what God was thinking, what God was feeling, and he would be a reflection of that. So I've said here, in other words, we must be very careful not to judge people according to their outward appearance, because that's what our natural man, both instinctively and habitually, does. And I left you at James chapter 2, so let's begin there today. Enough of catch-up. That was very quick catch-up. Okay. James chapter 2. I want to read in verses 1 through 4. James was having a problem in his church. <laughs> okay, it was a church at Jerusalem. Biggest church that there was. Uh, these people had come from Judaism into Christianity. And so they were very religious in their thinking, and they were following a lot of the old thinking that was there. And he noticed this in the congregation. And remember, James, again, does two things in his letter. He writes to the church at large, remember, you know, for all those who are scattered abroad. But he's also writing to the church 
members as well because things are happening in the church. So this is one of those in the church things, right? And he says in James chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, my brothers, and that's sisters as well. You know, whenever you see brothers in that way, it means brothers and sisters, all right? It says, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. See, this is another problem that we're having because, you know, there's a judgment that goes both ways. And you can judge in a way that you show favoritism towards others and uh, the opposite towards others. Can I just say that? Okay, to one lot favoritism, to the other lot something else. And he's going to tell you what. He says in verse 2, suppose, I love James, he uses examples. He says, suppose a man or woman comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man or poor woman in shabby clothes also comes in. Verse 3, if you show special attention to the man or woman wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man or woman, you stand there or you sit on the floor by my feet. Verse 4, he says, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You know, he calls, he calls you judging in this way evil. I think it's very interesting that he says, you know, if we look at somebody you know, with regard to the outward appearance. And you know what we do? Can I just tell you what's actually going on here? This one can't help, this one can't. This is Mr. Moneybags, this one, there's nothing. We do this, so you come and sit in the front, because maybe, you know, maybe God will talk to you, because it's louder in the front, maybe. And, <laughs> you know, God will talk to you, and he'll tell you, give a huge donation today. Th that's what's going on here. Otherwise, why care about a rich person? You care about what they can give you. You care about their money. Amen. If Mr. Moneybags comes in, you want them to sit in the front. You want them to hear everything you say. You don't want nobody to disturb them in the back somewhere and they miss something critical and they would have given have they heard. The, you know, all the dumb things that go through people's head. And he's saying you behave like that and you have become a judge and you have become evil in the sight of God. Because as far as God's concerned, Jesus didn't get on the cross and go, Now, everybody rich, I'm dying for you. <laughs> All you poor suckers, well, <laughs> whatever. No, he died for each person the same. Yes. Listen, you need to catch this, okay? Amen. If he died for, for each person the same, then we can't discriminate against people. Yeah. Did you get that? There is not one life more important, more valuable than another. I know that the world values and judges people according to their education, according to how much they can help and how much they can do and so on and so forth. And we have this mentality of, you know, if you don't become one of those people, well, then, then you're useless to society. Watch now. Okay, this is the mentality, okay? And you're useless to society. So, you know, if we're going to save somebody, we'll save that person, not this person. Are you all with me? But how many people have had an experience in their life? You know, they've come to the precipice of something. They're about to lose their life. Somebody, somebody saves them. And they change. And they suddenly realize, what am I doing with my life? Are you all here? And they become something that nobody imagined. So who, who's, you know, who can make that judgment? Who can say, and that's what God's saying, don't make those kind of judgments. You don't know what would happen or what, what's going to happen in their life. Don't judge by outward appearance. In fact, a lot of times, you know, 
I've heard this so much of the time. You know, people that come shabbily dressed and stuff in the banks, they're the ones with millions of dollars in the account. The ones that dress up all snazzy got like 10 bucks. <laughs> no, seriously. And, you know, people, th th that's why it says don't, don't judge in that way. You have no idea what's going on. Amen? And can I say this? If you judge in that way, you might miss out on something that God has for you. How many times people have been kind to some, some you know, ruffled person that just looked like they didn't know what side of the bed they got out from? And you, know, you just sort of think, and God says, go talk to them or go do something. And you do that. And the next thing, they're handing you keys to a building. I noticed you needed one of these. And you go, what? You know, here's me trying to feed you. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, things like this happen. They've happened in the past, they'll happen in the future. It's just, we need to be careful that we, we do not judge according to outward appearance. According to what we think. Amen? Let's move on. All right. So that's what James is saying here. All right. Even when it comes to the kind of food people eat, I'm just going to get right into it today, okay? <laughs> or the holy days they decide to keep, we are not to judge, because we do that as well. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear in Colossians and Romans. Let's go Colossians first. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Colossians 2, 16. He says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival, or new moon, or Sabbaths. In other words, and see, you know, there, how many have been judged regarding the Sabbaths? You know, oh, you guys don't keep the Sabbath, and what's wrong with you, and blah, blah, blah. And Apostle Paul is saying, don't, don't do stuff like that. Don't judge people according to all those sort of things. And he's talking to, you know, a lot of religious Jews as well. People that have been ingrained in this. That was one of the problems that we're having back then, was to go from Judaism into Christianity. It took a long time for them to make the, the change. And, you know, it's, it's fair enough. <laughs> you know, they've been ingrained with this thing for thousands of years. All right. And suddenly, you know, this, this change comes in. And even, you know, with regard to water baptism, that was one of the things that I was reading an article that was very interesting that was talking about how, you know, th th that's all they knew to do back then. You get saved, you got to get baptized in water. When the baptism was actually the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't water baptism, it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was being mentioned there. And, but people immediately go to water, because John baptizes water, so everybody want to get water baptized. The water won't do anything except get you wet. Yes, it's an outward symbol of something that has happened to you, but that's not where the power is. It's the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is where the power is. Right. Amen. Amen. And that's why even John said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Right. He said, that's the one you want. This is just right now, but that's coming. Somehow everybody missed that one. And this article was saying how, you know, the Jewish people at the time, they just did that. It was just in their head to get baptized. Let's hurry up, get some water and throw it on you. That wasn't it. When you see baptism in the, in the New Testament, it's to do with the Holy Spirit. It's to be baptized with power from on high. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. Okay, done got myself excited. All right, so, so what am I saying here? So, you know, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, don't judge according to the old ways, because all of that has changed. 
You know, there was a time when you couldn't eat this and you couldn't eat that. Now pray over the thing. Because even if you go to a restaurant, you don't know what they put in there. It fell on the ground. <laughs> Never mind. Nobody will notice. <laughs> I wonder why I'm not feeling so well. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. You didn't pray. All right. So <laughs> I pray over everything. I don't care where it's from. Amen. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I won't say it. Okay. Romans. Romans. Let's go to Romans. Before I get myself into too much trouble. Romans chapter 14. <laughs> the Apostle Paul dedicates pretty much a whole chapter to judgment. I, I could preach on each one of these things, you know, about food, about drink, about festivals, you know, there were all sorts of things, but I, I pray that you're getting this. Romans chapter 14, ver, let's begin in verse 5. He says, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his or her own mind. In other words, he's saying as far as God's concerned, he doesn't care. This is all about what you care. And don't take your stuff and put it on everybody else. Are you all with me? See, yeah. All right, let me give you a revelation. Here's a revelation. You all know that the spirit realm is timeless. You want a revelation? There's no such thing as Sunday or Saturday. But it's the Sabbath day, not in the spirit. Did you get me? It's timeless up there. They don't mark off their calendars like we do down here. So when you're carrying on about this or that, God's going, every day is the same. What is your problem? And see, God doesn't want us in the New Testament to wait for one day to do the right thing. Amen. He says you do the right thing every single day. Somebody says you got to keep the Sabbath every single day. Remember the Lord. That's what it was there for. You know, it wasn't people made it something about not working and all that stuff. But it was to remember God. Remember your salvation. Remember who's looking after your needs, providing for you, protecting you, yada, 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 all those things. Remember that before you leave the house and not just on Saturday. Dear God, you better remember that on Monday. That's when you really need <laughs> you know? Amen. So that, that's why he's saying, you know, some people, but now he's making a very important point. And now let, let me get to this point. He's saying, if you meet somebody that a particular day is important, don't bite their head off. He's saying if that's important to them, then it's important to them. It isn't about how you feel about it. It isn't about what you think about it. It's what they think about it. The, Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, to the Greek, I'm a Greek. To the Jew, I'm a Jew. That's right. To the Greek, who cares about what day of the week it is? To the Jew, it's the Sabbath. <laughs> so to the Greek, he goes, yeah, man, whatever. You want to have church on Thursday? Let's do it. To the Jew, it's got to be Saturday. Okay, let's do Saturday. That's fine. We'll do th Thursday over here and Saturday over here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't get so caught up in things. Okay. Two people they meant. All right. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I know, I know. All right. <laughs> so that's what he's saying. Verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. I missed the time card. Verse 10, he says, So why do you condemn another Christian? I really like this. This is, this is in Romans 14 still, now in verse 10. He says, Why do you condemn another Christian? Why do you look down on another Christian? 
Remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. In other words, he's saying, listen, at the end of the day, each and every one of us have to give an account, have to be responsible for what we did. Amen? For ourselves. We can't go up there and say, well, I was not as bad as my dirty old uncle or whatever. God won't go, well, I'm not, I'm not judging him right now. I'm judging you. What did you do? How did you conduct yourself? Let's go to verse 13. He says, don't condemn each other anymore. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not put an obstacle that is a source of temptation in another Christian's path. So he's saying be careful because sometimes in us insisting on something, all right, what happens is that we get somebody to stumble. So let's say somebody just wants to have church on Saturday. Let's just say, okay, I'm just using it as an example here. All right, and you say, well, we should, you should have it on Sunday as well. And now you're upsetting them. See, now they're getting mad at you because you're coming against what they believe and what they do. And that's the time they meet with the Lord. And you're trying to change them all because you all, you know, you've got this freedom and you want them to have it. So you're forcing that on them. And so they end up having an attitude towards you, which is now sin. And you've caused them to stumble because you're, you know, you're trying to free them with the freedom you have. But it, what you're doing inadvertently is causing them to stumble. Did I say that too fast? Did you all get that? That's why you need to be really careful what you insist on. Yeah, you're free. Hallelujah that you're free. Hallelujah that you know these things. But you need to also respect them. And if one day they ask you the question, then they're ready to hear what you have to say. If they never ask you, shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, we just need to learn to keep quiet. We, I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now because I got so excited about so many things. I, I just, I made everybody believe everything. I just would tell people off. And I mean, this was me being super spiritual. I was being stupid. I look at myself now and I think there was Roche with his nappies around his ankles, running all over the place, tripping and falling. And I thought I was doing God a favor. And God's going... Stick him in the pen. He's just safe out there. <laughs> this guy's just messing everything up for everybody. And then I wonder why they don't listen to anything I say. I didn't realize how much I was insisting on things. Amen. <laughs> we, you know, it's true that when you get all excited about something, you want to tell everybody. I get that. As a mature Christian now, I can appreciate that. And, you know, I can roll with that. If that's where you're coming from, it's cool. Amen. And, you know, those people want to tell you all things I've learned. And have you been doing this? And you've been doing it like for 20 years. But, you know, you go, yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Be excited. Don't go, yeah, yeah, I've been doing that for 20 years. Don't come and tell me, you know, whippersnapper. Don't do stuff like that. Are you all with me? See, this is judging again. Are you, are you getting this? Okay, all right. We'll finish with the scripture that will help you. All right, even the Apostle James addresses this in his gospel when he says in James chapter 4, verse 11, Don't speak evil against each other, my dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize each other and condemn or judge each other, then you are criticizing or judging and condemning God's law. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by condemning God's law? Well, in James chapter 2 and verse 8, he, he, he made this statement. 
if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. That's the law. That's God's law. He's saying, listen, you, you, are, you are judging that. You are coming against that. You are saying, oh no, I don't care about that. I'm going to judge my neighbor instead of love my neighbor. Are you all with me? And he's saying, be careful because that is the royal, I love that it says the royal law. Remember when the lawyer tried to uh, tempt Jesus and, and trick him? And he said, which is the greatest commandment? Because if Jesus said any one was more than the other, he would have said, oh, so it's okay to break the others. They were trying to trick him. And I love Jesus' response. He says, love God, love your neighbor, you'll keep all the rest of them if you do those two things. And the lawyer probably thought, gee, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know? That's a good answer. Because if you love God, then you'll do all the right things by God. If you love your neighbor, you won't do anything wrong to them. Especially if you love him as yourself. You don't want to be ripped off, you won't rip them off. You don't want to be lied to, you won't lie to them. And so on and so forth. Amen? All right. Okay. I will get through this today. All right. Uh, that's why he concludes in James chapter 4 and verse 12. He says, who are you to judge another? Are you all getting this? Amen. Okay. He's saying, don't. Therefore, in all these areas, we are never to sit in judgment over people, which is what Jesus meant when he said again in Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be not judged. And then he goes and says in verse 2, for with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That's Matthew 7, 2. All right, so he's saying, listen, it's, it's, it's a proportional sign there. Whatever, however you judge, that's how you'll be judged. Whatever measure you use, that's how it will be measured back to you. Okay, so the word measure refers to the standard people use in passing judgment on others. Therefore, Jesus essentially says that the measure you give will be the measure you get. So Leon Morris points out, he says, to be sharply critical of others is to invite others to be sharply critical of us. To be sharply critical is to invite that back. <clears throat> be careful. I want to give you a couple of quotes. William Hendrickson says that the standard of judgment that you apply to others will be applied to you. If you judge without mercy, you will be judged without mercy. Similarly, if you judge kindly, you will be judged and treated Kindly. Amen. Amen. Are, you, are you getting this? It's not just bad news, it's good as well. See, <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching you how to judge correctly. Amen. I'm saying there are two types of judgment available to you. Always choose the one that is in love. Are, are you all with me? Amen. <clears throat> okay. One of the best examples, let's go to a story, is in 2 Samuel, when King David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and then he tried to cover it up, you know, by getting a husband killed. You all know the story? Okay, anyway, so he gets caught out, okay? So 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 27 will begin, the latter half of it. The Lord was very displeased with what David had done. Reading from the New Living Translation. <clears throat> and as a result... It says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and I'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 7. It says, so the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. Now David isn't listening. This is what happens when you don't listen. God will send somebody to talk to you. 
Did you hear me? Okay. My advice, listen. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So, and so the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich, one was poor. Verse 2. The rich man owned many sheep and cattle. Verse 3. The poor man owned nothing but a little lamb he had worked hard to buy. He raised that little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate, drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. Boy, this is really piling it on, isn't it? Verse 4. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of uh, killing a lamb from his own flocks for food, he, that's a rich man, took the poor man's lamb and killed it and served it to its guest. Verse 5. David was furious. And he yells out, as surely as the Lord lives, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. Sorry about the loudness. <laughs> Verse 6. No, well, you know, okay. <laughs> he must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you're the man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's how God gets you. <laughs> That's what Jesus did to the Pharisees over and over again. You read his stories, and they, you know, trying to trap him, tells him a story, they get furious, then they realize they're talking about him. They're, he was talking about them. And then they get even more angry <laughs> without learning, without, without doing what David did. Because David realizes that he was a rich man, that it was his sin that Nathan had passed judgment on now. And in verse 13, 2 Samuel 12, 13, So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Now he had sinned against Uriah. He had sinned against Bathsheba, but I want you to notice what he realized, that his ultimate sin was against God. All right? What does 1 John 1, 9 say? If we acknowledge our sin... If we confess it, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So when David says, I have sinned against the Lord, Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Boy, he, this was what was about to happen. Had David not listened to Nathan, he would have died. But because you repented, see, a lot of, let me just take a moment here. A lot of Christians go to the grave early because of this one thing. They don't repent. You know, God didn't ask you to be perfect. He just be, said, be honest. Be transparent. Don't try to hide anything. Amen? And this is what I was talking to you about before. You know, we are so quick to judge other people. Judge yourself. Love everybody else and judge yourself. <laughs> Love yourself too, but judge him. Okay, don't let yourself, don't love yourself so much you let yourself get away with things. Hello. Okay, you need to be a little tough on yourself. No, I love myself, but I won't let myself get away with things. And I talk to myself. I say, self, you know better. What is wrong with you? Didn't have your Wheaties today. <laughs> Just get on with it, man. I mean, we make excuses, don't we? For ourselves. I said this to you before, but you know, somebody else, boy, they better get it right every single time. 
Of course, we can have a bad day, but they can't. This is unrighteous judgment. Amen? Be careful. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> David says again, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan says, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not, you shall not die. Remember, the same judgment he passed is the same judgment that got sent back to him. What did he say? Well, that's what he got back. The way you judge is how you'll be judged. If you are critical, if you are hateful, if you are angry, it's all going to come back. If you are kind, if you are loving, that's going to come back. And sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm never going to need you know, somebody to sort of forgive me for something like that. Don't count on it. Can I just say that? Don't ever put yourself above, you know, <laughs> everybody else and think, well, the devil will never get me on that. Oh, dear God, you just put a red flag up. He's going to hunt you down now. <laughs> Can I just say this? We, are, we live in a fallen body. Absolutely. Have we figured that one out yet? Yeah. Our spirit is fantastic. Our mind is being renewed. But dear God, that body, you know, it kind of drag it around all over the place. Every chance it gets, it's like, are you kidding me? Can I get some honest amens? Amen. I'll say amen. amen. You know, <laughs> so I, I'm so grateful for 1 John 1 9. Yeah, amen. amen. <laughs> All right, okay. So, you know, as William Hendrickson puts it, the habitual self righteous fault finder. Oh, I really love those three words. The habitual, self-righteous fault finder must remember that he himself can expect to be condemned. I won't put a she in there. I'm being kind to the girls. All right? Must, re <laughs> must remember, it's a girls too, all right? That he himself can expect to be condemned. And this not only by men, but also and especially by God. Ooh. Did you get that? For those people that make that their lifestyle, their habit, the way they go around. Nobody's like that, okay, here. But there are people like that. They think it's their calling, like a spiritual gift, to go, <laughs> to go tell everybody what their faults are. Hello. Amen. And it's, it, it's not, okay, it's not. So you won't find that in the, in the gifts. So we need to be careful that we, we develop good habits. With everything that you're learning today, I pray that you don't just hear a message today. I pray that you take this to God. Let's just kind of settle it down for a minute now. I, I pray that you take this to God. I pray that you look within and say, God, talk to me about things that I might be doing that I don't even realize that I'm doing. Things that I've let myself get away with. Things that I might be causing people issues, you know, because I just can't see it. And don't, Father, help me not to look out towards everybody else to change. Help me change. Amen. You know, one of the things that I realized, let me just get personal a little bit here. One of the things that I realized was, you know, I used to have a critical attitude towards, if anything went wrong, it was somebody else's fault. Come on now, don't all look at me so innocently. Y'all know you do the same thing. Okay, and I was like that. I was just, it, it's, it's, it's a part of the fallen nature. And anything goes wrong, you want to blame somebody else for it. You, know, you knock a glass, well, why did they put it there? 
They shouldn't have put it there. Well, you're the one that knocked it over, stupid. Anyway, all right, so, you know, I just, I have come to the place where I, I decided, I decided I'll blame myself for everything. Because if I blame myself for everything, then I'll start, I will look to God to help me with everything, not look to God to change everybody around me so they don't keep getting me in trouble. Hello. You all with me? So we really need to look at you know, how, do we, how do we approach life? What do we do with what I'm teaching you right now? This is what you do with it. You realize that whatever judgment you pass is going to come back on you. Pass it on yourself. Let God bless you. Let God help you. Let God change you so that you are a blessing wherever you go. And you're not always looking for everybody to bless you. This isn't about what you can get from people. This is about what you can give. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave. A perfect being that needed nothing from us gave. Amen. And he expects us to do the same thing. Um, Ephesians, I think, Ephesians 5.1. It says, be imitators of God as dear children. And it says, walk in love. I know that's not the exact verse, but it's around that somewhere. That's what we're meant to be doing. We are meant to be imitating God. We're meant to be walking in love. We're meant to be people that because of our love, people go, they're Christians. Not because of our religion. Did you get that? Okay. Therefore, do not judge. Instead, look for ways to forgive and love each other. And do as the Apostle Paul says. And I want to finish with this. Verses 29 through 32. He says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Some uh, versions say communication. That includes unrighteous judgment and condemnation. It says, don't let anything corrupt come out of your mouth. Don't let condemnation, don't let unrighteous judgment come out of your mouth. You can think about things, keep it to yourself. Are you all here? Can I just say pray a lot about anything you want to say that might hurt someone? Pray a lot about it. Be careful. You know, one of the things that, that will distinguish us as mature Christians is that we don't have these highs and lows all the time. That we are consistent. There is a calmness and a peace and a serenity to us. Are you all with me? Amen. That people can feel safe around us because we're safe to be around. We're not like a storm that suddenly comes up and then suddenly the other way. We're always there. You know, people can come to you. And I pray that you feel that way about me. That you don't come to me and I'm throwing something and getting mad and go, okay, it's a bad time. <laughs> come back in a week. You know, <laughs> right? You know, I, I need to be there for you whenever you need me. I, 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 I don't give myself permission to have a bad day. Okay, I'm going to say that again. I don't give myself permission to have a bad day. If I start having one, I repent very quickly. Because, you know, my family ends up, you know, getting the brunt of it. And so, oh, dad's upset again. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a good thing. Some people wear that as a badge of pride. That is bad. That is you spitting your dummy. That is you acting like a baby. Stop it. You think you're a man. <laughs> Two, you're a toddler. That's what you are. 
Amen. If you're out there and getting mad, good. <laughs> Learn. Grow up. Okay. <laughs> yes, I see the dummy. All right, so that, that's the, spat, the dummy, not the person as a dummy. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly thought, whoa, people got that one. Okay. So, <laughs> so and once you notice again, it says, let no corrupt word or communication come out of your mouth. But what is, I'm back in Ephesians 4.29, but what is good for, ne for necessary edification or building up others, that's the Amplified Bible, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The Amplified says, be a blessing to those who hear you speak. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to be a blessing. Amen? Whatever comes out of your mouth, let it bless people. Hallelujah. We have such a short time on this earth. Can we make the most of it? Can we destroy the works of the devil in people? Because he is speaking negative, negativity into people constantly. Can we not counter that? Can we not find something that's good? Whatever is good and pure and, you know, think of those things. Find something, okay? Sometimes it's hard. Look hard. Okay, verse 30. And it says, I, 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 this is very important, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do you know when you speak badly about other people, you are grieving the Holy Spirit? That came as a bit of a shock to me. As a first, I, you know, sometimes you think you know, and then you look at a verse and you think, dear God, never saw that. I never saw that. Not in this context. As you judge people, you actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Of course you would. <laughs> Amen. He is trying to get, he's trying to work in their life. He's trying to build them up and you come and tear them all down. Verse 31. I'm going to leave the last bit out. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, that's fault finding, and evil speaking be put away from you. Verse 32. And be kind and helpful to one another. Tender hearted. The Amplified says, compassionate understanding of each other. Forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. That's the standard we are to live by. Amen? I don't want to rush through that. Let me just go back over that just a little bit, okay? Watch, he says, be kind. Be kind. Kindness in word and kindness in deed. Amen? You can speak kind words to people and you can be kind to people in what you give them. People are looking for some kindness in this world. Amen? Be the person that is kind. And he says, tender-hearted. You know, in other words, he's saying, don't be hard-hearted. You know, hard-hearted isn't just the mean person. Hard-hearted is a person that rejects when the Holy Spirit tries to lead you to do something. You go, no, I don't have time for that, or I can't do that, I won't do that. That's hard-hearted. And you can do it with a smile on your face. <laughs> you're still hard-hearted and he says forgiving one another in other words he's saying listen don't ever look at somebody and go oh that person sorry I'm going to use you oh Roy I don't want to go help him out he never helped me I didn't want to do it <laughs> okay these are all false okay but you know th that sort of a thing where we keep you know we keep track of what people have done wrong you know to us and we we just we we're hard-hearted we we're not tender-hearted towards them as God's trying to lead you to do something you have no idea what God might be setting up 
And I don't know how many times people have missed out on their blessing, missed out on a miracle, because they didn't do what they were led to do. Because of some offense. Because something was there. And instead of just going, okay, God, whatever, and you don't know if that person is going, oh, thank you for talking to me. You know, I, I know I did the wrong thing back then. I've been waiting to apologize to you. I didn't know how to do it, when to do it. Hello. And a, a fellowship is restored, and you don't know what's going to come from that. Amen. And finally, he says, here's the standard. Just as God in Christ forgave you. That's the kind of forgiveness He's saying you are to exercise. The way God forgave you, you forgive others. Amen? If you expect, listen, if you expect to go to God and be forgiven of every single sin that you commit, <laughs> then he expects you to, to forgive others of every single sin they commit against you. And as Peter said, even up to seven times? And he said, 70 times seven. That's 490. <laughs> in their life, in a day. Do you know that's how long, 490 years, God forgave Israel for not keeping the Sabbath? Hmm? If God can be long-suffering like that, need I say more? He expects the same from us. All right, let's, let's conclude there. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I pray that you have received something from this. Amen. Amen. That your life changes. Please don't just come here to listen to something. I need you to hear. I need you to receive it. I need you to think about it. I need you to allow God to talk to you about all of these things. Amen. Judge yourself. And you won't be judged. Amen? You open the door for blessing. When you are blessed, you can be a blessing. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for all that you are bringing. No, for all that you have taught us. For all the revelation you have brought us. I thank you, Father. That each and every individual in the sound of my voice and those that might be watching this series later on in time, Father, that they receive this into their heart. It's not just a message, it's a lifestyle that they commit to. A lifestyle of not being judgmental, not being condemning, walking in love, being tender-hearted, forgiving, and being a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>